And so now it is that time when we get to welcome our spiritual director, the man who leads us, who guides for us, who knows for us a very big idea, our very own Reverend Patrick Cameron. Good morning. Where'd Brian go? That guy's an angel, isn't he? Oh, man. Well, you know, you spot it, you got it. So we're all angels. So I'd like to invite you to sing a song with me, if you're so willing. If you'd like to stand, that's okay. If you'd like to sit, that's good too. Uh, And if not, if you're not going to sing, just be in the song with us, and then we'll do a prayer. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. In this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room in this very room And I invite you to know with me in this moment, allowing my words to be your words if they fit. But it's not the words. It is the vibration of the Most High that we are here to celebrate. And so I invite you to open your heart and mind, to be cracked open in that knowing that each time we choose it, it chooses us. When deep calls unto deep, deep answers. And so may we stand together in that vibration. It is the one life. It is the life of the infinite. It is the life that the great avatar, Jesus of Nazareth, talked about, the Buddha, lived from. All these beautiful teachers, we celebrate their gift to us. It is our opportunity to carry forth that legacy in our own lives. Wherever there is a a gap, wherever there is a separation from source in any way, shape, or form, may that, our knowing in this day, may my knowing for myself and the I am of myself for you, with you, and as you, That that be healed in any way, shape, or form. Healing any separation, sense of disconnection, sense of loss, the confusion, the fog lifts here and now. We stand in this peace together, and in that peace we welcome the new idea, the creativity, the opportunity. If there's forgiveness to do, we forgive it right here, right now. We put it down in our thinking. And so our palette of consciousness is clean and pristine, and we paint the new masterpiece. So I give thanks for all the blessings, all of the opportunities, all of the learning, all of the teachers, some joyful, some horrific that have brought us here together this day. All of it is God in action because we have, you and I, everything we need. Sufficient, me I throw away sufficient to this day is my declaration. I have everything I need in this moment to flourish, to thrive, to prosper, to call forth the new dream. I give thanks this day for this opportunity to stand with you and know this for myself and in that that gratitude and appreciation for this opportunity, for the blessing of this moment, this eternal moment. I am so grateful. I give thanks knowing our highest and best is already complete in the mind of the one. And I stand with you in that 
blessing this moment and each moment hereafter, each breath, each step. For this I give thanks, releasing these words to continue to do their good work on our behalf, on my behalf, and together we say, and so it is. Please be seated. You're awesome. You're coming. Brian's coming to the Windspear with us to, uh, next, uh, next week, too. So thank you, Brian. Man, oh, man. I almost couldn't sing with you today, so I don't know how I'm going to be today. I'm just one of those cracked open days, and uh, it's a good thing. Diane was chewing me out this morning. Little Diane in the front here, that's our designated clapper. She'll clap at any point in time. If you, whether you need it or not, Diane will give you the clap. Anyway, thank you, Diane. Would you stand up? There she is. Thank you, Diane. I've told her I'm going to get her a big pair of mittens so she doesn't, she can still do it, but big cooking mittens, you know? But anyway, um, she, she was uh, upset because I didn't join her yesterday. There was a function that went on, and I, she said, you know, she came in and let me know that I should have been there. And I said, you know, Diane, I can't do it all. And for me, I have to pour myself into what we get an opportunity to. I have to slow down, and I have to listen, and I have to prepare. And so I'd love to do it all. I'd love to go to all the parties on Saturday night and Friday night and just party all week with you. But actually, I do, need, I do spend a little bit of time getting ready. So thank you for wanting me there with you, but I just couldn't. And, and part of that is, so I say that because <clears throat> I want to get out of this, this sort of uh, um, mindset of, of um, being cracked open because I'm cracked open today. And we're, this book by Lynn Twist, I, there's a chapter in here. It took me three hours to read it because I'd read two pages and then I would just weep. I thought that was going to work. I guess it's not going to work for me. <laughs> but she, today is about changing the dream. And it's so perfect for us. Lynn Twist, this is an amazing... I, you know, I fall in love with all the books we use and they, because they all just open my heart up to these wonderful... The clarity and the wonder and the, and the, the possibility. And she talks about one of the chapters here and the, and the title of the talk today is Changing the Dream. And there's several gems in there that I want to just touch upon because I don't have a, a long time to do this and I want to make sure that we hit some of the, uh, the sweetness of it. But talk, she talks about changing the dream. And she has worked, her and her husband, she's worked for the World Hunger Foundation for years. And that's been part of her passion and where she, one of the avenues where she pours her, her commitment to making a difference in the world. And in changing the dream, and she learned this from the Anchuar who live in the Amazon. And it's a, it's a, it's a tribe of people that uh, live very well in their environment. They have everything they need. They're sufficient. And she, what she learned from them is that they live... Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's work is also based on the Mayan tradition of, of the dream, the Maya. And interestingly enough, the Buddhists also use the term. But it's the dream. Our life is a dream. And she said what she learned from them was that they have an ancient tradition about the eagle and the condor in collaboration. Last week I talked about collaboration as abundance. I also said that what we appreciate, appreciates. But in the, in the collaboration, she realized the dream was about, and, the, and this culture of people, and they thought it was right around the year 2000, and it is happening, but the eagle represents the, the Western way of doing things. The more modern would represent our culture. And the condor represents them, and their dream that they've had for, for centuries and passed along through the verbal um, c- communication and storytelling is the collaboration. And we're at that point in our history. And she said what she learned from these people is to learn to question the cultural dreams of more. To learn to question the cultural dreams of more. More, more, more is better. More is better. And if we look at the news, we look what's happening, it's a very popular idea. And she said the cultural dream of more 
and, and to look at that and to begin to create a dream and a future that is consistent with reverence towards, respect for, and affirmation of life. Reverence towards, respect for, and affirmation of life. Changing the dream may really mean to see the world completely differently. The indigenous people see the world that is totally sufficient, that is animated with spirit, intelligent, mystical, responsive, and creative, constantly generating and regenerating itself in harmony with the great diversity of resources that support and collaborate with one another through the mastery of life and through the mystery of life. They see human beings as part of the great mystery, each human being having an infinite capacity to create, collaborate, and contribute. We talk about that. We're here, we have gifts. And our, our, and our opportunity, I think, and our responsibility is to develop and refine those gifts and share them with the world. We're here to share our inspiration with the world. One of the reasons that my vision for the Windspear is I want to share, I'm proud of what we do. I'm so proud of, what, I'm so proud of this community. We did our AGM last week, we had, and, and I, I know that a lot of you signed proxies. And we thank you, I thank you so much. Um, and it was interesting because my dream about what we're doing, my dream about this community, I'm just so proud. And, and all the work and hours and time that have gone into fine-tuning the consciousness so that we become more and more in line with what we stand for as a community, our vision and mission that are up there, and our core values, which you'll see. But we're going to get our core values up as well. And our core values you've probably never heard about, but they've come from the, the collective leadership of this community over a period of time. And they are integrity, honesty, service, joy, empowerment, individuality, compassion, inclusiveness, generosity, and trust. And so uh, at, at our AGM, I, I, have to, I have an apology to make because I don't care about the AGM. To me, it's a, necess- it's a hoop we have to jump through. For me, it was an opportunity to celebrate all the good things we've done because we've had a phenomenal year, and I thank you. The amount of support and the amount of momentum and the things and the leadership that's gone into this, I'm so proud of. And yet I realized at the AGM there were still questions because of process. And what happens for me in the past, because I don't care, because I don't appreciate, so it can appreciate, I think, let's get through it, because I know what we're doing, and I'm so proud of what we're doing. You can come in any day of the week and look at what we're doing, and it's all there. I have beautiful people around us. It's, it's, it's never been as clean. And yet at the AGM there were questions that came up, and I thought, we did the same thing last year. So our process isn't clean, and I'm, I'm remiss in that. I haven't poured my energy into it because I get it done and I think, you know what, I want to go home and read a book. I want to go home and do spiritual practice and get ready for next week because I'm excited about what we're doing. I'm alive with that passion and the possibility. Of it. And I realize, you know, as a leader here, I need to slow down and look at this question that's being asked so that next year we don't have the same conversation. We'll have a different conversation. There'll be other questions. My grandfather was wonderful. He used to say, it's okay to make mistakes. Let's just make new ones. What a great idea. So there's questions around process. There was no questions around... There was no question around an issue. It was process. And, and the, i got to tell you, the hundreds of hours that have gone into creating leadership and committees and talking to people and interviewing people and making sure that we're doing the best we can so the best people and the best with the, the perfect talents that we need in this moment, it's hundreds of hours. I have to tell you that we just... You know, I've worked with Norm McLeod and Dale, Dale Warwick over the years to refine this process of really fine-tuning and selecting. And so there's still confusion around it. So it, 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 and it, it's me. I realize, you know, I don't care. I know what we're doing. We're healthy. We're vibrant. We've got just doing, had a phenomenal year. And so there's questions there. So I'm going to tell you that I'm going to stay on it. We're going to clean it up. So next year we can have a different conversation. Because I'm thinking, the dream I'm in about changing the dream, the dream I'm in is I'm thinking, why wouldn't anybody celebrate? This is fantastic. Look what we're doing. There's no center in North America that's doing what we're doing right now. 
And I don't just, I'm not making that up. That's from other people that, that see a lot of centers. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of everyone here. I'm proud of our ministers. I'm proud of our classes. I'm proud of our outreach. It continues to grow. I'm proud of, thank you. Okay. But anyway, but I want to share with you, I mean, I thought about this and I thought, what's not to love here? And yet there were things that were going on around how we do things and how we proceed that there's still, there's still not clarity around. We're going to clean it up. And, we're, and you know what? At the end of the day, it may very well be that we, dis, we agree to disagree, but at least we're going to have a discussion because we want the best people available to be in leadership here. And not everybody, everybody has certain gifts. I had a buddy that was in the Marine Corps, and he said he was in Vietnam. And he talked about the Marines. They never leave anybody on the, on the battlefield. He said, you know, he said, Pat, when we're, we were leaving a fire zone, and he said, well, we were ready to leave and we were loading people on. We were committed to taking everyone with us. But if someone had said, I'm not going, we'd have left them. He said, it's just, it's just the way it works. Sometimes you can't hold the boat for everybody. Sometimes some people don't want Now, it never happened in a firefight. Everybody got on the, the helicopter. But it, I never forgot that. He said, you know, we never leave anybody. But sometimes people don't want to get on. I thought, and that's a different conversation to have. But do you wait? Do you hold the helicopter? Do you leave the boat at, shore, uh, at, at anchor so that, you know? Or do you set sail? And we're setting sail. So it's a beautiful thing. But I just know for me there was great learning last week. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm in this fantasy. I'm in this dream about what's happening. I realize not everybody's sharing the dream. So let's clean that up. Let's have a conversation around and say, what's going on here? What are the ideas you have? that look like there's, there's a problem here. Because I don't see the problem. I just see opportunity and possibility and potential. I'm here to take the resources and, and my skills and gifts and share them with the world. So it's good learning. It's always good learning. The universe is always informing us. So it's very interesting to watch. The other thing around membership, I mentioned membership last week. And all your feedback on membership, people don't know what it is to be a member here. So we're going to clean that up too because there's a lot of confusion. It's poor communication. I got great emails from people. People don't know. We had four, I, I didn't talk about second service, first service, 44 people signed up to be members. I should have talked about it at the second service. We hit another 100. But, but there's, there's just lack of communication, and we have people working on that right now. We're going to clean it up. It's just, I'm clear about it. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all perfect. I just am so blessed to be here with you and to be able to look at the conversation, look at the things that come up, say, you know what, we need to clean this up. Or not, and then we can, we can continue to have the discussion year in and year out. But let's clean it up so we can have a new discussion. So what, this whole idea of changing the dream, it can happen in our lives, it can happen locally, it can happen within the community, it can happen. To, ha- to see that, as, as she be- so beautifully said, reverence toward respect for and affirmation of life. You know, indigenous cultures have had a, wonder- they have a wonderful tradition, and much of it got tossed aside. We see it reemerging because there's gifts and there's... There's the mystery and the talent and, the, and that, that whole possibility within those cultures. So it's not one or the other, it's both and. In the next chapter, which uh, if you read this book and you don't want to read three pages and, and, and be cracked open, don't read it. It's called Take a Stand. And she talks about um, some things that have gone on over the years with, with various uh, cultures and around the stories of women. And she tells a story about a woman that had gone through... There's some, I'm not even going to begin to tell you the stories, but just horrific things that have happened. And these women had a conference in Beijing that she attended. And they got up and they started telling their stories, and it was one horrific story after another. And one of the women came, and she said, 
that she sold everything she had. She knew she had to be there to share her story so she could help make a difference and motivate people and let them know what had happened. And so she sold everything she had. It was thousands of dollars for this woman to fly from South America to Beijing to speak. Sold everything she had. She borrowed money from friends. She, had, she didn't even have enough money for a hotel when she got there. But she said, I have to come and tell my story. And I don't even have enough money to go home. But I've got to tell you this story. And she said that you could have heard a pin drop in the auditorium. And, they, and these women got up to tell their stories of, of the things that had happened in their lives. And they, it, it motivated all of them in a way. It brought everyone together in the collective, the collective empathy of this situation to, to mobilize them and, and provide support wherever they could. And it, 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 it galvanized a group of women to, to realize that we need to end the silence about this. We need to do the things that we can do that allow us to have the conversation and change the dream. She, and she called it taking a stand. She said, when we take a stand that expresses our soul, our soul's commitment, it is empowered with the courage of the heart. A stand take, taker moves from having a point of view to discovering the capacity to see or the power of vision. When we take a stand and gain access to deep and profound vision. That's what happens when we take a stand. When we, we're committed to say, you know what, we want to see the world as a better place. This idea that we're going to, next week at the Winsboro, I'm going to announce the, the uh, and so many, 40, almost 50 suggestions about where we can support, where we can offer support in the world. And, and so, you know, it gives us a nice list to work our way through, if nothing else. We'll announce it next week, but that's not going to end there. You know, your suggestions, we're going to look at things that we want to be, and, and take a stand for, because what it does is it moves us into that vision. It moves us into the, the possibility of making a difference in the world, and we do it because we can do it. Because it's the right thing to do, in my opinion. You know, uh, she uses a great example here. Great stories. Not, I can't share all of them with you. But, you know, when 9-11 happened in the States, and I was still there. I was still uh, there. I remember sta- where I was standing when I found out that these planes had flown into the World Trade Center. And, and she talked about what happened for her. She flew home to San Francisco, and when she got to her community, people were lined up around the block wanting to donate blood and standing in line and talking about this horrific thing and how they could come together and they could share resources and they could share money. And it galvanized people. It got people motivated and moving forward in a way that was just amazing, she said. And after I don't know how long, but it was probably within a week of the event, um, the leadership at the time, and I, and, and I say this just from observation, because the conversation, the next chapter in here is about conversation. It's important for us to have these conversations. It's important where we can go somewhere and break ourselves out of this, this fog of there's not enough, you know, the, the conversation of sufficiency. But what happened with that is that the, the leader at the time got up and said, you know, the best way that we can combat this is go out and shop. Go find something to buy. Let them know over there that we're not going to stop sh- consuming. So go out and buy the new car and get the new house and get the, the swimming pool for the backyard or get the new swim fins that you've always wanted. Or, you know, but go, start, go out and start consuming. <clears throat> and all that is is a reflection of conversation and consciousness. And, you know, we always get the leadership that we deserve by right of consciousness. And I, and I, I don't mean this critically, but, but that, it shifted. She said it shifted the entire energy of the country. People were starting to come together with a, a deeper purpose and having that deep conversation. And so when leadership stands before the group and says, you know what, I think the best way through this is start buying things. It encourages people to go out and buy. 
Because we want to we want to do something proactively. We want to invest in making a difference. But it wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't a very rich idea. It was more of the same. That this idea that, and, and it's part of the dream that she talks about that we can go to sleep in. That that there's not enough. And that's you know I watched the movie The Cove last week with Laura, and another movie that you just cry your way through. And it's, if you've seen it, it's a, it won an Academy Award. It's a story of a dolphin situation on the planet. I'm not going to give you the details because I don't want to depress you. But about, for about four hours after it, I was in the consciousness of this is just the way it is. This is just the way it is. It's so easy to become apathetic and, and realize, you know what? This is ridiculous and it's never going to change. This has gone on for you know, years and years and years. And I share that with you because I think for myself as well, I looked at that, and part of spiritual practices for me is to simply say, I can't go there. I can't live there. I've got to find a more interesting idea. What can I take with that information and apply in my life that has meaning? But it's really easy to say, it'll never, it'll never you know, it's easy to look at the situation and say, we're hooped. As they say in the movie, if we can't fix this, we're hooped. But we can fix that. One of the beautiful things in this book, she talks about how generationally, how the Anshuar people in the, in, the, in the rainforest realize it takes a generation perhaps. And what we're, we're, we're moving our conversation to and what we can do and keep alive, where can we go and have this conversation? And say, yeah, it looks like this, but you know what? We're moving forward. You know, a thought and a breath at a time. And we are making a difference. And the way we know that, we don't have to change it all because we can't. That just becomes overwhelming. That just becomes a reason to say, I can't do this but we are doing it moment by moment, day by day. And when we forget, remind ourselves and bring us back to what we stand for. You know, the reason that we have these, these core values is not because we've got to memorize. Those are the things we're working towards. And it, and it gives us a compass. The vision statement, the, the mission statement, and the vision statement, we have those things up so we all remember. So when I walk in, I read it every time I walk in here. I want to remind myself, you know what? I've made a vow to myself to live to that to the best of my ability, to teach and demonstrate living from spirit. In another generation, it'll be another different vision because this will become embodied by some, and they will just do that. But for us, we've, we've gone to sleep for myself. I can't speak for you. For myself, I've gone to sleep so many times. The core values, integrity, honesty, service, joy, empowerment, individuality, compassion, inclusiveness, generosity, and trust. How do we do that? How do we work to that? How can I work to that? Because I, I can only, can I do that in the next hour? Well, you know, if I keep that in front of me, I probably can. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking around this room, I'm looking at these little, these little ones over here with their mom and dad. You know, I looked over there this morning, I was singing the song, I looked over, saw the kids, I just started crying. So I'm thinking about that generation. We are giving birth to something here and doing the best we can. But if we say it's impossible, if our task is too daunting and we can't change consciousness, we can't make a difference in the world, for me to stand up here and say, you know what, can we have reverence towards, respect for, and affirmation of life, is that possible? Those are pretty simple. Is that possible? And, and can, we, can we empower these kids to take this? Buckminster Fuller, in the book, she, she had this great re relationship with Buckminster Fuller. And she said, the children... At the level of the universe, the children are our elders. Isn't that interesting? Because they're a new conscious. They, they, they step in at a level of consciousness that we've never even experienced before. And they're going to take the baton and they're going to carry it forward. And so we still have to be in meaningful collaboration with our children. We still have to parent children. But there's a consciousness. And if we give birth to that consciousness, it's a powerful and exciting thing. 
And so when I look at those kids, I'm just so reminded of the story I read. The stories I read in this take a stand and, and the, the atrocities for these women. One woman was so badly physically abused that she came to the, to the uh, meeting to tell her story, to change it, to make a difference. And she said, I came because I know I have about a week or two left to live. But I knew that if I could come and tell my story, I can make a difference. I mean, these stories are just so compelling. You know, I'm sitting in my, uh, I'm sitting in my comfortable couch reading this, looking out the window complaining because I have to go rake leaves at some point in time, you know, in the next week or two. You know, I think this woman would probably love to be able to rake leaves. You know, it's just, it's just so interesting and so sobering to see it. And so reading that, what can I do? Because the part of me that says it's impossible, it'll never change, I can't live from that. And I know that you can't either. I know that something wants to be given birth here. What she says is the world is awakening and the tide is turning. And it is. And I see it, but we have to look for the clues. And we have to celebrate it wherever we find it. The world is awakening and the tide is turning. So let's continue to offer our gifts and our talents. She says we each have the power to arrange life so that the stand we you take with our, our money and our life with money is a right now, every day, every week expression of our core values. Not a someday next year or when I retire or when I have enough, but expressing our core values. Every moment of every day, there are chances to participate in, express our individuality and creativity in contributing to your vision for yourself, my vision for myself, our family, our community, city or world, when we bring this consciousness to our choices about money and use our resources, money, time or talents to take a stand for what we believe in, we, we become alive. That's why it's here. We become alive. I want to be alive with you. I want to dance this dance with you. There's just so many opportunities for us to help facilitate and change the best. How much good can we get away with? Unleashing our good is the unleashing of God. We are flooded with a sense of purpose, even in the smallest of actions, when we're in alignment with that. And a feeling of power and energy opens in our lives. So let's continue to nurture that. We just have to keep show, showing up and waking up. And when we, when we fall asleep, waking ourselves up again. It's exciting. It's an exciting opportunity. You know, when I get cracked open, it's not a bad thing. It's, it, it, you know, when we crack our hearts open, it just opens up more space to love and to be on the planet. And look around, I see these, these, these young kids here and the children, in the, and I watch our teens. Those are our elders at the, uh, at, at the level of the universe. Their wisdom. She was at the table. Lynn Twist was at the table with Buckminster Fuller, and one of her, her youngest daughters said something that was wise way beyond her years. And Buckminster Fuller said, that's our elders right there through the eyes of the universe. So let's celebrate all of it. Let's figure out and continue to stay in alignment with our core values. And when we forget and we fall out of it, let's bring ourselves back as quickly as possible. Bless it. Bless the opportunities. Bless the times you forget. Don't pour a lot of energy into it. That's the forgiveness that's putting it down. So next week, I'm really excited to share this event with you. I'm so excited about our music, and, and it'll be a nice, uh, tight message in the middle of it. I've been told not to ramble on, and I won't be rambling, but... But it's such a wonderful opportunity to, to step up in the world and let people know that, that who we are and whose we are and what we stand for. And to continue to live from and teach and demonstrate living from spirit. 
If we do that a little bit more this week than we did last week, or a little bit more today than we did yesterday, good on you. That's all we're asked to do. So it is. Blessings. Mm-hmm.